0: I know it's summer I know a lot of different things come up and changes happen in vacations and all the rest I know the wrath crew and them they all took off up to Minnesota today and uh, you know Pastor Jeff his birthday is in July so on my birthday he had sent a text and he said just want to remind you you're still one month older than me and I wrote to him back I sent back a text to him and I said make sure you stop the doctors before you leave town don't want you to lose any appendix But uh, we are so grateful and had absolute wonderful nursing care while we were there. It's interesting because one of the young men who was a nurse for me one of the evenings uh, was a homosexual. And you all know what took place in Orlando while we were down there of the homosexual nightclub that had uh, Muslim terrorists come in and shoot up everybody. And so as he came in, uh, he was there. We had several conversations through the night. Uh, I don't care what they say about hospital beds. They were never meant to be slept in. Don't tell me you can raise my feet and lower my back. I don't care. It just hurt my (laughs) booty. Man alive. (laughs) It's just like, I'm tired of laying here. Especially when you're a person who's on the go all the time. But uh, I want you to hear me out on this. This young man, as he came in, I just, with every person, I tried to look for ministry opportunities because I've I've never been in the hospital. All I ever do is go and visit people there. And uh, so that opened the conversation. And he said, well, I wasn't there that night, but he said a lot of my friends were and several of my friends were killed. And he talked about several of the different things that went on. And I spoke to him, I said, you know, I said, when Hitler came to power, one of the first things he did before anything with the Jews is he rounded up the homosexuals, he rounded up the gypsies, and he just killed them. Didn't put them in concentration camps, just killed them because they were undesirable. Now, I want to remind you of a scripture that all of us as believers know. There is none without sin there is none without sin now that doesn't mean you accept someone sin but you have to be able to accept people for who they are and in our world today there's a lot of confusion going on as far as when it comes to sexuality transgender issues what bathroom they're going to use you know everything crazy that could be crazy but do you know the bible speaks about those kind of things happening in the end times And so as I was speaking to this young man who was a fantastic nurse, very attentive, he was one of the best. And I said to him, you know, after I mentioned about Hitler, I said, it's important that we understand the value of every person. And at that point, he just began to open up and just to share. And the problems that he faces as a man who is a homosexual now again like I said we can go to the book of Romans chapter 1 and it clearly states about homosexuality as well as a lot of things in the Old Testament but that doesn't mean you write people off you see what would be worse somebody said it like this one time you know I hate the sin that you have that I don't have sometimes we look at other people and their sins and we think that their sin is so much worse than the sin that i might have and we label it well at least i don't do that at least i don't do that at least i don't do that i'm much better of a christian but you know we've never taught that here we've never showed that in anything in the 31 years of this ministry that you look at anybody less. Than yourself because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Anyone can repent and turn their heart to God. That's conversion, baby. See, that's what makes us different than any Rotary or Kiwanis club. They can do great civic things. But you see, we believe in the God of a second chance. We believe in a God who comes in and no matter whether you're a drunkard, a dope addict, whether you are abusive, whether you, uh, whatever. Whatever the issue is, whether you're a liar, whether you're a manipulator, whether you're a thief, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You see, when Christ comes into your life, if he really comes in, he changes you. You don't desire to go back into those things. You desire to become more like God. And sometimes, unfortunately, we, we saw this probably f- 15 years ago in the overall church world, that there was this big message out there that you can come to church and feel good, but you don't have to change. We've got to change all, every day. We, we've got to constantly be in flux and transition, because if we're not changing and becoming more like the Lord, then what we're doing is just saying, whew, at least I'm not going to hell. And being a Christian is more than not going to hell. It's not just a club. There are places that people go to uh, that I talk to sometimes as Christians and they mention the church that they're at and they said, oh, you know, the crowd is so great. This is so great. They have so many programs, but they're still in the same sin they've been stuck in for years and years and years and they never deal with it. Now, again, we are all sinners who need to come to Christ to become his children and then the Bible calls us the saints of God. So as I kept ministering to this guy, every time he would come in, I would just keep speaking the word, speaking the word, and speaking encouragement to him. Because he had lost some very dear friends. I know when I bring up that subject, I'm taking a chance. that Some of you get the heebie-jeebies about things. But listen, hear me out. Boy, this is going to get real sticky. Maybe we should have took up the offering. (laughs) What's worse someone who's still involved in a homosexual lifestyle, or somebody who drinks just enough booze to not be considered drunk by the world's standards, but they're not depending on God to give them their strength. They have to have alcohol to settle them down. Why'd you get the Holy Spirit? The Spirit's there to give you the strength and power and glory. You don't need the booze to come down from the day. And sometimes we look at it and we say, oh man, ooh, I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to do that. You know what? Like I said, how are we going to reach people if we don't accept people for who they are? And we are called to reach the world. We are not called to be keepers of aquarium. We are called to be fishers of men. And that means you're going to get involved with folks and you have to love on them. You don't hide the truth from them. Don't be embarrassed. Don't, you know, I I told him. I said, listen, the lifestyle you've got is unbiblical. But you can get a change. You can have something different happen inside you. But right now, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. You know, because of all the conversations that went on, things like this, he had let his guard down and he was open to hear everything I had to say. I don't know what will happen to the young man, but I'm believing seeds were planted in his life to think about several of his friends to be gunned down by stupidity, absolute stupidity. That's why you have to pray, church. I I know this is a sombering way to start the service today, but you understand, and I'm going to label it, those people, okay? But there are those people that have infiltrated our country that don't like your freedom. And they want to take it all away. That's why we have a book. That's why it tells us what to do. That's why we have a Holy Spirit who speaks the word and confirms it inside of us. The little boy that was attacked with the crocodile, why they said it was at Disney, it was a canal outside the area. They kept showing different areas of the park, but there are signs that are up that say, do not play in the manual you get when you get into the uh to the park itself it says only swim in swimming pools do not go in canals in any kind of waterway or lake because of predators i feel for that family what a horrible thing that they lost their child to have that alligator drag it away what a horrible thing but again there's reasons that at nine o'clock at night you don't get in a drainage canal I don't know what you saw on the news, because sometimes, you know, it gets filtered a little bit. And then they try to blame certain things, but that's not what we were seeing down there. What a heartbreak for that family. But if they would have followed the rules, see, and that's not a popular, popular subject today, to say follow the rules, because everybody just wants to be free. I don't want to be in legalism. I don't want to be in legalism. I don't want to be in legalism either. I don't want to think that if I do these things I'll please God. Faith pleases God. But there are right things and wrong things to do. And so you have to go back to the book. I know what I'm forgiven of. I know what God does within me every single day. And I don't look at any of you differently. I hope you don't look at me differently. I hope you don't look at those co-workers you have. I'd hope you don't buy the line that's being sold by the press on all these kind of things that, you know, the Christians are the bad guys because we have a standard. There is a standard of righteousness the Word of God teaches. Now we must press into that righteousness. That doesn't mean you become all hoity-toity. Is that a real term? Prissy. I don't know, whatever term you want to say. You don't walk around with your nose in the air, I am so much better because I don't do that. You are blessed because you're forgiven. Hallelujah. Never forget that. And on the days you're tempted to get into sin, let that voice of the Holy Spirit prick in your ear and say, do we really need to be doing this? Is it going to help? Is it going to do something great and positive in your life? Is it going to help anybody else? because the devil wants to take believers out. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back, the Bible says, for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So I want to just encourage you this morning, uh, you know, whatever situation we're in, we're going to find a way to turn things around for the glory of God. Someone, a friend on Facebook said, boy, your vacation was ruled. Absolutely not. I had a wonderful time. Now, I didn't get to do everything that I wanted to do, those several water slides I was looking forward to. You know, I've lost 80, well now 85, but uh, pounds. And I would look at this one water slide, I couldn't wait to go down because, you know, when you weigh too much, you get airborne. <laughs> and it's that moment when you're going down at that speed and you're thinking to yourself, I'm gonna fly off. <laughs> I'm gonna go to be with Jesus right now. So I didn't get to do that part. But uh, we had wonderful meals together. And, and I'm not talking about the jello at the hospital um, or the broth. <sighs> but you ready to get in the Word? If I offended somebody, you show me where I'm wrong in Scripture, and, and I'll be happy to listen to you. But I've got to tell you, we've got to love people. And the devil wants to take out a whole generation that's being sold a bill of goods. It's a lie. It's about their sexuality. Men be men. Women be women. And celebrate it. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, most of the time we talk about it as the chapter in the Bible, that talks about the heroes of faith, the men and women of God that have gone on ahead of us and done so many marvelous things. And in verse 11, we're going to start out there in Hebrews 11, verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child which was uh, when she was past the age because she judged him capital h there god judged him faithful who had promised therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude and innumerable as the sand of the sand which is by the sea seashore Therefore all died in faith not having received the promises But having seen them afar off were assured of them Embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth You and I we're just passing through the here This earth that we have as our reality right now is just a temporary reality everything is going to change We're only here for a certain amount of time on the earth. And so knowing what scripture speaks about here, here was Sarah. Now, a lot of times we talk about Abraham as being the father of faith. Well, let's take a look at Sarah for a moment. Sarah, she believed God. She wasn't able to have children. And then finally, in her old age, some estimate that she was about 125 years old. At that time, she was able to give birth. Now, everybody around her knew that she wasn't able to have children, that her and Abraham had been married for a long time, had no family. And yet, at that time, it was especially important that you had children, that you had heirs. There was a lot of emphasis placed upon family. So most of her life she dealt with this whole issue, but yet she continued to believe God. And God gave him a promise. He said, listen, you're going to have a child and you're going to have children. And those children are going to be so great and numerable that they're going to be greater than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. You're going to have that kind of a family. And she held on to that promise. Now, as she did that, and heard those promises of God being spoken to her, we know how that scripturally it says that her name originally was Sarai, and that God changed her name to Sarah, a difference in the pronunciation, but it was a way for her to be reminded that she was going to be the mother of a great nation. Now, she didn't get to see all of Israel. She saw her son. Sometimes when we get a promise from God, we all want to receive it right now. Amen. Lord, you're my healer. Hallelujah. I receive it in Jesus' name. And we stand upon that promise. There are other times that we see an instant move of God take place and it manifests, but other times we walk it out and it's a process that happens as we see it show up in our bodies. Some people deal with health issues here on the earth in such a way that when their life is finished They don't receive complete bodily healing until they stand before the Lord and are completely made brand new So how do we deal with this? How do we know what to believe for? Years back when I was in Bible college, I was a freshman I came home and I was at the church and I was in the church kitchen They were getting things ready for vacation Bible school and one of the older ladies that was there Man, she was a prayer. She was one of the ladies who, when folks would go to the altar to get saved, she was there to give them a commitment card right away and give them a Bible and say, this is how you get started as a believer. And so she was in the kitchen. They were making up graham crackers with frosting. Man, the solution to every VBS program. Hallelujah. And uh, so anyway, we were standing there and something came up in conversation. And in my stupidity, I said, well, you know, some folks are... You just never know what's going to happen to them. Sometimes they live long, sometimes they live short. Bless her heart. She looked at me and she said, Well, remind me to never ask you to pray for me. Yeah, whoop-de-doo. First year Bible college student. Yeah. Right away, you know, just humbled me right in that moment. And I looked at her and said, What in the world do you mean? She said, If you don't pray, you won't get any good results. If you don't pray, you will get the result of not having any faith. Man, at that moment, it grabbed my heart. Because the truth is, sometimes people sit back and think, well, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't God's will. But sometimes we have to understand that there is an enemy that would like to attack you and pull you down. But there is also a God who, when you stand in faith, that's when miracles begin to take place. Man, I never forget that conversation. When I heard that woman move to heaven... You know, I'm telling you what a, what a trooper. She still had a huge hill in front of her house. She had one of those lawn boy mowers back then that she just lowered a rope down to help cut cut the grass. She was out there, she cut her grass, had her yard all finished, went over and sat in her yard chair. A friend of hers came over and was looking at her. She took a sip of iced tea and she said to her, I'm ready to go be with Jesus. Boom, her head went down. Hallelujah. I thought she at least got the yard work done. that was the way she wanted to go what an impressive woman of faith check out verse 13 here one more time it says these all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. I know we always want everything to be right and go perfect while we're here on this earth, but sometimes you face some challenges. Sometimes everything doesn't always seemingly go right. Listen how the Amplified writes it out here, this same verse. The Amplified version of the Bible says it like this, each one of these people of faith died, not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believing. How did they do it? They saw it way off in the distance. They waved their greeting and accepted the fact that they were transient in this world. Now, how interesting. See, she saw the promise begin to manifest, but she didn't see all of it. She saw her son to be born, but she didn't see all the thousands of the children of Israel. But she kept believing. Sometimes as Christians, we get discouraged if we don't see something show up right away. Sometimes we think there must be something wrong with me. I I want you to know there's that possibility, and it's good to always self-evaluate, but hear me out. I really believe that majority of the time, you and I are just in a battle of faith, and we have to do what the Word says about the armor of God. When it comes to standing, we must stand. When we stand on the promises of God's Word, that's when we begin to see them break through. Just because you hit some difficulty, just because it seems to be a little bit harder than at other times, doesn't mean to give up. It means for us to press in like never before. Can you imagine if Sarah would have gave up? Isaac would have never been born. Oh, who heard about that vision of God? You know, I know God can say things like that, but I I probably had something, you know, to eat that was wrong that night. How do I know that that was God? I've never had a child yet, so how do I know I'm going to be able to have a child? And yet, how many times do we want to believe for miracles, and yet we've never had one yet? Do not give up. One time I heard a Christian say, you know, I used to do all that praying stuff like that, but I just figured, you know, God gave us doctors so we don't need miracles. If a doctor can't fix it, then it doesn't need to be fixed. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for medicine. The earth is the Lord's the scripture says and the fullness thereof. Every bit of medicine is made from this earth. Since you and I were made from dirt, look at your neighbor. Smile at him and say, you were made from Dirt. So that's the problem with little boys, right there, isn't it? If you were made from this and God fashioned it and breathed life into it, then he can take the stuff that's here on this earth and help bring healing into you. He is the healer and the life giver. He is the great I am. So knowing those scriptures and the promises of God and everything the word speaks of, we have to see how Sarah, who had never had a child, believed God. She put her faith and trust in God, that he would do what he had promised. Just because the battle is hard right now, do not give up. But get ready to keep pressing in. Don't sit back and think, oh, people are judging me. Pastor, when you're talking about that stuff at the beginning, what about, I have an issue with this, I have an issue with that. Everybody has an issue with something they're dealing with in faith. But we must choose whether we are going to walk by faith or by sight. We're going to have to choose whether we're going to live in the promises of God's word or whether we're going to give up and just settle for whatever comes our way. I'm so thankful. Let's go over to the book of Romans chapter 4. This Bible that God gave to us is more than just a book. It contains the power and the truth of God's word. Every time we believe it, it comes alive inside of us. The Bible is God's word. Would you say that with me? The Bible... Is God's Word. Take a look in Romans chapter 4 and verse 16. We just read about Sarah, the faith of Sarah and others, and how that they knew that this world was just a temporary place. See, that gives us a perspective so that every time we face something, every time we go against the odds, I want you to know God is still on your side. And whether you're vacationing, whether you're planning a weekend trip, the 4th of July is going to be coming up, all these different things families are going to do together, just look for opportunity to say, God, how can I serve you? How can I worship you? Give me an opportunity. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed Now, when it's singular here, it's talking about the seed. Jesus Christ was talking about believers. It's not talking about just the Jewish nation, okay? If it was the Jewish nation, it would have an S on it for seeds. All the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did." Let's pause there for a minute, verse 17. You've heard this for years if you've been around here. When we begin to speak in faith, we understand our confession is vitally important. Please know this, just by saying something several times isn't going to make it happen. That's, That's witchcraft, that's magic. You're not casting a spell. But you're changing the way you think and the way that you believe. So it says here, who gives life to the dead. There are some things in each of our lives that we have faced that have become issues that are dead. Sometimes we try to avoid them. Sometimes we try to leave them behind. Sometimes there's something that we're needing to believe God for, but we just left off and we quit. Those issues that are dead. We have a God who raises the dead. Amen? We have a God who has power and strength. And then it goes on and says, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did calling those things which do not exist as though they did. So what's that meaning? That means we need to be speaking the answer in the face of the problem. And yet so many times we spend all of our time talking about the problem. We talk about all the issues that are there, the pain that I have, this thing that's come up. We use phrases that are silly. Now, I, I, I know that you may hear some phrases that you normally use here, so relax. Okay, there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, amen? Man, I am freezing to death. Now, could you imagine if that really happened? People are outside, it's summertime, okay? Now, here's a revelation. It's hot in the summer. And sometimes people say, I am just freezing to death with this heat. Oh, listen, listen, don't catch your death a cold. Now, why would your death... Catch a cold. But people say things like that. And then they want to be sarcastic. They come in and the air conditioning's on and say, Oh, I'm just freezing to death. People use all kinds of crazy phrases, don't they? I mean, we say things, I'm going to, you know, you're in the office and somebody's come down sick and somebody says to you, Well, you know what? You're going to be catching it next. Now, why would you want to do that? Uh, What are you sick with? Vomiting and diarrhea? Oh, I'll take a dose of that. But people say it, What? Well, better watch out, everybody's getting sick, and the worst sick is a summer sick. Oh, if you get a summertime cold, you just can't shake that. Where do people come up with these things? Do they work for pharmaceutical companies? But people say it. Now, those are silly phrases, but do you know sometimes people believe silly phrases? Sometimes people really believe those negative things out there. And before you know it, they've opened up themselves. Their body is listening because you are a spirit, soul, and you live in a body. And your body is listening to you. You can do all kinds of things with your body. I'm not talking about positive uh, thinking over negative thinking. I'm talking about you can prepare yourself that you would continually speak. And when you get up in the morning, Lord, I'm going to have a good day today. I'm going to honor you. I thank you for health and healing flowing through my body. All these things that you do, you prepare yourself. But there's other people who get up. Oh, my goodness, there's a cloud outside. Oh, it's going to be a rotten day. Oh, look at that. It's probably going to rain all day long. It's going to ruin the Sunday afternoon barbecue. It's going to mess everything up. Well, you know, and then that means if it rains today, it'll probably rain for the next two days because bad things happen in threes. Let's see. After the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. Ha! Well, but you know, Pastor, there's only so much luck and karma out there. Don't be a new age Hindu. We don't believe in karma. Well, people will get what they deserve. Do you know what my Bible tells me? When you get born again, you don't get what you deserve. Turn it over to Jesus, because in the natural, you all deserve hell especially you, Noah. Man, he faces enough persecution being a redhead. He's a good man. What happens is, sometimes we allow that kind of junk to come in. So you know what? We, start to, we come to church. Hallelujah. The Bible says I can be healed in the name of Jesus. I can be saved in the name of Jesus. We start speaking all these things out there. Praise the Lord. And your body's going, well, this is a new way of thinking. This is a new way of living. And then we get around another different crowd of people. Wow, it's bad. It's terrible. Do you see who's running for president? The world is going to end. No one's going to be president. We're going to blow ourselves up. Have a happy day. You need to work on your confession. You need to be speaking what you're believing. Well, I don't want to lie to people. I don't want you either. If you're fighting sickness, you don't walk up to people and coughing and spewing and doing all the other kind of stuff and say, oh, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. Yes, you are. But what are you now believing by faith? You're believing I'm healed in the name of Jesus. The next time when somebody else is talking about getting sick, why don't you just freak them out just for a moment? and Just say, man, I'm catching the healing. Instead of saying, I'm catching a runny nose, I'm catching a healing. They already could see the runny nose, all the stuff coming down and all the rest. Somebody give them a Kleenex. Start speaking the answer. That's faith. Sarah did not have any children, and she spoke in faith as an old woman. She had known years of defeat, and yet she spoke in faith if you have had some discouragement, if you have had some issues that have tried to stand up against you, I'm telling you, put your foot down and stand in faith and begin to speak what you are believing for. We don't deny the problem. We just deny the problem having a right to stick around. It must go in the name of Jesus. Look on in verse 18, who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith. Do you know sometimes your faith can be weak? You don't read your Bible. You don't go to church. Your faith can be weak. You don't spend time in prayer. Your faith can be weak. You don't lose it. You got your faith. Everybody gets the measure of faith, but what are you going to do with it? How are you going to develop it? What will take place there? And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sometimes we consider our circumstances more important than what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says, Pastor, but you don't understand. I have a special situation. Everybody has a special situation. Everybody has certain things. Yeah, but you don't know the family I grew up in. I didn't have this advantage. You had that, and I don't have this, and this and that. and that. Stop it. Jesus is the great equalizer. Instead of us ever trying to envy each other, we need to know in God, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. He didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, verse 20. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Fully convinced. Glory to God. You need to get fully convinced. This is not about the little engine who thought he could. This is not about being positive. This is about standing in faith. When you stand in faith, you can face down the giants that are in front of you. Those giants sometimes can be ugly. They can be peer pressure. They can be people who say, well, you know what? You need to learn your place. Pastor, remember that scripture you read? They died in faith. You know, sometimes it just doesn't show up. It will not show up if you don't stand in faith. Don't give up. Don't sit back and say, well, that's the defeat of Scripture. They died in faith. No, no, no. They were fully satisfied knowing the promises of God. Hear me out on this. It was enough. Now, how can it be enough? You've got to have the confidence inside you that Jesus Christ is enough. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, the one nurse looked at me when we first went in and she said, well, haven't you had severe pain with your appendix ruptured like this? You know, and I said, well, I've I've never been sick. I've never been in the hospital. I don't know any of these things. I just thought it was some indigestion problems. No, she said, this is, you're sick. Now, I want to live my life in such a way that I constantly put my faith and trust in God no matter what I face. And no matter what the challenge is, I want to be able to know that Jesus Christ can take care of me. He got me in the right place, the right timing. Everything was perfect. So do you mean it was God's will? Now listen, you know my grandson Josiah. He weighs about 79 pounds. Now, a year ago, well, January 1st, when I first decided I was going to start losing weight, Think about how big Josiah is. He's 10 years old. If I strap Josiah on the front of me, that's how much weight that I've been able to lose. I think to myself, Lord, were you preparing me back in January to be able to get ready for what was going to come? Because the doctors kept saying to me, you know, you are healthy. You are healthy. You are healthy. Yes that if I was 18, I'm going through that. So, hallelujah. <sighs> At that moment, I wanted to get a towel and tie it around my neck like I did as a kid and jump off the picnic table. <laughs> Underdog could do it. I was going to do it. Of course, I skinned my nose. I don't know why. Then I got up a second time thinking, well, if he can fly, I can fly. <laughs> but nobody ever did that. I'm telling you, do not be discouraged in the things of this world, but be encouraged that you have a faith and a trust in God. Abraham and Sarah, they were calling things into existence. Now, that doesn't mean for you to think, okay, so if I just talk it enough, it's going to happen. They were fully convinced. If you've got debt and bills that are piling up that you don't know how you're going to deal with them, you take your time, take your checkbook the next time or your debit card, however you do it. Lay it on your Bible and just say, Lord, I'm asking you for a plan to get me out of debt. In the name of Jesus, I'm thankful that you paid a debt that you did not owe. He paid for our sins. So now if that burden is so heavy on you with debt and these things that are going on, ask God to give you a plan and then start working the plan. Start working the plan, and before you know it, you will be free from it. But you keep speaking, Lord, you're my source and my supply. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to bring everything I'm supposed to into the storehouse. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to follow after you. Now open the windows of heaven, and God will do it. He's not a magic genie that you rub just a couple times and he pops out. But when you start believing and trusting in faith, that's when these things materialize. There will still be challenges that come up against you. Don't sit back and think, well, why me? Why me? Because sometimes you hear people say that. Well, pastor, they were good people. Why did this have to happen to them? Because there's a dumb devil in the world. And he wants to take the believers out. But when you and I stand and come through things with victory by the power of the Holy Spirit, we shove him back down where he needs to go. Keep him under your feet. Do you remember that old song? Go into the enemy's camp to take back what he took from me. Scripture tells us in Proverbs that when you catch a thief in the middle of something, he has to restore sevenfold. That's not just seven times. That's 70 times 70. He's got to be able to restore this fold. He's got to know that all the things he's stolen away, you have got a right to be restored to. Remember what happened to Job. Job in the natural seemingly lost everything out there. His wife, his family, his cattle, his land, everything. And yet God restored to him abundant supernatural blessing. Yeah, but it's not fair. Here, here's a revelation. I'll tell you what I told my girls growing up. Life is not fair. Don't come to me and tell me, but it's not fair. The foot stomp is worth one spank. The attitude is worth another, and you get another third spank just because I can. Three swats never killed anybody. But it's not fair, Pastor, because everything's stacked against me. Then be triumphant. Then be victorious. Face your challenges and say, just because nobody has done this before, it doesn't mean it can't be done. Just because nobody has faced this doesn't mean I can't face it. You can face it because you are filled with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. While we're in Romans, let's turn over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Would you repeat that with me? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. One more time. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. What you're listening to this morning in the service, you are being filled up with the Word of God. Every time you open your Bible, when you pray at home, when you do the things you do, and you call out for the Spirit of God to move inside you, you are preparing yourself to build your faith up. Hallelujah. You're flexing those muscles. Now, if you don't use those muscles, It shows up. (laughs) I thought it was interesting in Disney's brochure when they're telling people ahead of time, they said, be ready to know that you're going to walk about 10 miles a day. Now, that means that if you are sedentary and you're planning to go there, you either need to get a scooter and run people over with it Or you need to start preparing, start walking, start getting ready. When Carolyn took the last missions trip over to Sierra Leone, she started walking and preparing herself. And she would talk about spending so much time on her treadmill so that when she went over to Sierra Leone, she was ready to walk. Prepare yourself. What are you preparing for? Do you feel like right now you're just existing? You're going to work, you're trying to pay the bills, you're trying to keep your head down, not trying to make too many waves, you're trying to do what you need to do to survive. I want to ask you to begin today to lift your head up and begin to look at the Lord and know that there is more than just existing on this earth. There is a divine purpose for every one of you. There is a divine call for every one of you. And if you will hunger and wait upon God, he will give you a vision of something to see afar off. So that even as that scripture I read out of Hebrews, as Sarah was looking far off and could see the promise, it was enough for her to know God's going to fulfill every promise he has given. And aren't we as believers trusting the Lord that Jesus said he would return? Don't we believe that Jesus is coming back? Amen? Now, that's a promise that we're looking for. He could come today. We could be taken out of this place before this service is over. Or you know what? Tonight could come. Tomorrow could come. Tuesday could come but maybe it'll be on Wednesday. See there was an old song we used to sing and it was the little chorus part went something like this coming again coming again maybe morning maybe noon maybe evening but coming soon. It was one of those things that you didn't have a fatalist attitude you had an attitude inside you the lord could come today. Now, before we got married, I remember praying a prayer like this. It was not in faith. So please hear me out. I was completely in the flesh. Lord, today is our wedding day. Please don't let the rapture happen till we're married. I, I know it was unbiblical, but you have to understand we'd already been uh, dating for a year. We'd been engaged for a year. I wanted to get married. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, that's so ridiculous. Well, when was the last time you were in love? Because I still am. I get to look at her always down here. 34 years married. Hallelujah. And I'm laying in the hospital bed on our anniversary. Hi, honey. We'll celebrate later. You want some of my jello? <laughs> Whoop, dee do God's promises are greater than anything that ever happens, but I want to encourage you to be faith talkers, not just faith walkers. I want to encourage you to be speaking life in the face of death. Now does it mean that if you talk to a friend of yours and they say, "How you doing?" and you say, "You know, I'm really hurting. I got problems." Does that undo everything? No, what are you convinced with? What do you know that you know that you know? But what happens is sometimes if something happens to us, we tell everybody. And today on social media and easy ways to stay connected with your cell phone, you got people ringing the phone. How you doing? Well, I got a pain here. I got a pain over here. I got a pain back here and I got a pain here. Oh, you poor thing. Bless your heart. Now, if you hear people say that down south, let me tell you what southerners say to you. Because when Southerners say, well, bless your heart, they're saying, you are so stupid. <laughs> but it sounds really nice, you know, bless your heart. Or here's, here's the real, when we were in Mississippi, before we came back up in 85, here was the real phrase, bless your darling heart. That meant, you are so dumb. Now, you'll have a new appreciation for that, won't you? When somebody says that, then they say, oh, bless your heart. Listen, they're not in faith with you on that. They're saying, you are so dumb. And then the phone rings again. Then somebody else comes up. Then somebody sends you a tweet. Then somebody checks, and you see on Facebook, somebody else has liked your page that just described where all the pains are. And they're all looking at you, and they're saying, oh, what, when did that happen? Oh, you know, I had a pain like that. Man, as soon as I started to say that, some of you go, well, Pastor, you know those pains you're talking about? I got those right back here. I got a pain here, and I got a pain there, and I got pains. Everybody has a pain. Now, we're not going to have you look at your neighbor and say, you're a pain. (laughs) But we can either concentrate on that, or we can concentrate on the answer that is here. Romans 10:17. so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Like, I want to hear the word. I want to hear the word. When we're facing challenges, I hope those scriptures come up in your heart. I hope those things keep coming up inside you so that you can face every challenge that is there. Let's wrap things up over in the book of Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, and take a look at uh, verse 28 through 31. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 through 31. Jesus is talking here, and he says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are, you, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are Of more value than many sparrows if God knows the hairs on your head if he knows the details of your life then he knows also about the hurts and pains and concerns he knows about your loved ones he knows about the people you're believing for he knows about the social issues that are going on he knows who is in the White House don't get nervous about it pray for the people that are there well I don't like them I don't like what they stood for I don't like this I don't like that it doesn't matter we change them up every couple years. And to be real honest, they all keep looking the same. Put your faith and trust in God. Now I know, I probably insulted a Democrat or Republican that are in here. That's okay. I like it. We put it on the sign one time, if the elephants let you down, if the donkeys let you down, turn to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah, you're going to be able to face it with the power of God You're only going to be able to do what you've got to do by the power of God You are valuable to God. Don't fear the attacks that come in the natural, but know that God is your source Don't fear the things that can affect your natural body if this body drops down right now to the ground I'm still here because my spirit being is still in this place now. I'll be taken off shortly I'll be moving into heaven, but the real me is a spirit being. I just live in this flesh. This is just temporary. You are all in temporary housing. The good news is, one day the Bible says that even the dead in Christ, those bodies that are there when the trumpet sounds and the rapture takes place, we're caught up to be with the Lord. Those bodies that are in the ground, no matter whether they are ashes or whether they're spread all over or whether they are a body that is that has been embalmed, it all gets transformed and we are taken up into heaven to meet with our spirit being forevermore. And this transition that happens of this heavenly body and this fleshly body that get transformed, it's going to be amazing. And there will be no ache or pain or anything else like that. You won't be walking around like this. There's no walkers in heaven. Hallelujah. There's no missing limbs in heaven. There's no issues that hit somebody who has special needs. There's somebody who's handicapped today in the natural. They're limited on certain things. But you know what? With God, He finds the beauty that is there. No matter what their flesh did in that process of being born, God is there to lift them up and make them whole. That is our God. Last scripture to read to you in this same chapter, verse 32 and 33. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. That that doesn't mean you have to wear 60 lapel pins that say, Jesus is coming, are you ready? You know, I used to have bumper stickers on my car when I was in high school. And one of them said, in case of rapture, car will be unmanned. I had a friend of mine who used to give me a hard time about that. He used to make fun of that bumper sticker, give me a real hard time. Oh, well, what's going to happen to your car? Can I have it when you're gone in the rapture? Now, this same guy was at a cast party for a musical that we had been involved in in the school. And this fella was different. You Heard me tell different stories about people who had gotten sick or uh, with alcohol, they got drunk, this type of thing, at different school functions. This guy in particular was doing other things. He was selling drugs out of the back end of his car. Man, he had a nice Monte Carlo. If I was ever going to covet, that was it. Now I had a Chevelle. It was a good-looking car. But he had this Monte Carlo. And back then, that's when cars were cars. You know, they had a hood that went on Forever. You know everything didn't look like a Toyota Corolla I wanted that car and yet here he was doing drugs out of the back end everybody knew it in the school he would do it right there in the school parking lot and I was in student council I did all these different things we were at a gathering together and he came in and he was out of his head and he didn't know which way was up and all I did was take him to the side and I started to talk to him and I said his first name and I said uh, I got to tell you you got to get your life right if you don't you're gonna mess things up I don't need this Jesus you talk about the church I go to they made all these rules and regulations and I was never good enough I don't need Jesus I said you need Jesus I said you got to get him into your heart and at that moment it was one of those moments that the Holy Spirit began to move in him and all of a sudden just like the story I told you about a guy who was drunk all of a sudden God sobered him up And he looked at me and he said, What's going on? What did you do? I said, You're not high anymore, are you? He said, I'm not high. He said, I know what's going on. I said, Jesus has just come to visit you. Are you ready to get saved? Because if not, I don't know what else is going to happen. At that moment, he said, I'm ready. And he got saved. Now, I don't know what God was doing. I don't know what that young man would have done in that car that I was coveting. See, you can still be fleshly and hear from God. You don't want to stay in that flesh thing, okay? I got over it real quick. Especially when Jimmy Carter said gas was going to go up to 50 cents a gallon. (laughs) The world was going to end back then. It was 1976 that man got saved he's still serving God today he quit selling the dope out of the back of the car I was coveting he gave his life to Christ and he serves the Lord today never ever underestimate why you are where you are God sent you to be light there and you got to be able to love on people not look at him and say look at that heathen hello heathen bound to hell You're not going where I'm going because I'm a Christian. C H R I S T I A N. Stand with me. Worship team, if you'd come. Funny, isn't it? We can look at other people and judge them so harshly, and we forget that if we do not choose to stay in faith and walk after God, we could be in the same mess they're in. We could be in the same spot. And Miss out on all of heaven's blessings. I Don't want to miss out on it when the rapture takes place I want to go to be with the Lord if in the natural I'm still here at 120 years old and I look at everybody after I've cut the grass and said I'm ready Then I'm ready to go Whatever it's gonna take. I just want to be in tune with him There is a place inside of every believer that we don't just use our faith to get out of stuff But we use our faith to get into God. Today, will you use your faith and just go a little bit deeper and say, okay, Lord, if there's stuff I need to clean up, help me clean it up. Help me to get this put in place. Help me to get things in order. I need your help. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to condemn you. Nobody's going to think you're a second rate Christian. There are no such things as second rate Christians. But it is something that God's calling us to take a step up. He's calling us to take a step up in our faith. As we decide to follow Jesus as we choose to give our hearts to him he is more than enough will you join me in prayer if you've already been born again I ask you to use this time just to reconnect and thank God for the salvation he's given you but if you've never made a commitment to Christ right where you are I'd like to invite you to join me in prayer and just say Lord Jesus I need you in my life I repent of my sin, I ask you into my heart, be my Lord, my Savior, and my King. If that's your prayer, your name has just been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you have a part in the kingdom of God. Get ready for victories over every challenge get ready for the power of God to give you strength and authority and get ready for the Greatest adventure that you will ever know in your life being a Christian in 2016 I'm gonna open up the altar if you need healing in your body. Come on down We'll anoint you with oil and pray over you if you just accepted Christ. Come on down We'll pray for you. Otherwise you can sing and uh, have we got that song ready. I have decided to follow Jesus It's a great one. Let his glory and power fall on you today.